Welcome to the More Than Podcast, uh, where we talk more than, or we talk about more than, I don't know. We talk more than our allotted time um, to talk. (laughs) True, we go over time. Um, And today is a very special episode because we're joined by the critically acclaimed Darren Kors. Hello. Um... He has. He is the sound director. Audio yes. director. Yeah, audio director. Yeah. Audio director for uh, Super Giant Games, um, and they have been making banger after banger for since inception. After banger after banger. <laughs> um, most recently, won quite a few awards for uh, Hades, which, um, from personal opinion, I can say is a fantastic game. Thank you very much. Um, so thank you for joining us, Darren. Thank you yeah, so, no so much. My pleasure, yeah. Okay, so today's episode is more than video games number two, <laughs> dos. Uh, because uh, D and I were both nerds, Deshaun and I, and we talked about video games for like, I think that was the first episode. Yeah, that was the first episode. Yeah, um, but obviously, Darren Corb, obviously um, working in Supergiant Games knows quite a few, quite a bit about video games, so we thought it would be amazing to have him on this episode. Um, and the first question I kind of had for you uh, was that, well, it's kind of harkening back to the first episode because this is a sequel. Um, we talked a lot about sort of like about like combat right. and and fighting and about how mm. you know uh, we. we to be honest, we kind of hated. Well, I I can speak for myself. I kind of hated on the idea that like combat isn't necessary in a video game. Like it feels very sort of like in every E three, there's maybe like one or two games that really aren't very combat focused. Mm-hmm. Um, but if, even though I said that, obviously I've loved every single Super Giant game <clears throat> game, and it you have well Pyre would be the maybe the one exception but there's like mm-hmm. it's like competition yeah and that can be seen as yeah. yeah it's like a combat equivalent yep. exactly and i've loved every single one of those games so obviously i love games with combat too but i was i was sort of wondering um you know in the in the inception and the creation of these games what what is sort of like the the um the importance of combat in the games and if is it like is it like a thing that's just like, it's just fun, so we're gonna put it in, or, or like you know, is it sort of, is there a, a specific design philosophy in that? I mean, I think it it really has to do with the conceit of the game and what is appropriate for, for that, mm-hmm. um, and part of it is, you know, we wanna, the the thing that we've been, as a studio that we've been sort of iterating on I think is the is an action game in some form or fashion like an action role playing game and that's mm-hmm. sort of been been the thing that we've been circling around and and um, hovering hovering over I'd say for all all the the four games we've made so far so I think it's it's something that you know engaging uh, combat with context is something that we're interested in as a studio I think of course, you know some of my favorite games have no combat at all. Uh, you know, right. pay, or or you can you can complete them without fighting 
you know, the the first couple of Fallout games, for example, are games that were mm-hmm. really committed to the idea where you could make a pacifist character and finish the game. Totally. And uh, and even something like Papers, Please, you know, that's a game, yeah. of course, with no combat or, or puzzle games or whatever, you know, equivalent kinds of kinds of games like that are, are you know, and, and one of my favorite games to play is Rock Band, of course, with no no combat at all. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You're battling notes, but uh, <laughs> you're battling, you're battling, you're battling yourself, yeah. <laughs> and your yeah, your your hand eye coordination. That's... I have tried one one or two times to hit that. Was ma- it master? Dif- what's the it's highest expert? Uh, yeah, expert, expert yeah. difficulty, and I I can't do it. it takes takes practice, you know. <laughs> it's like a, it's like a real instrument. Oh my goodness. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I yeah, I yeah. agree. I think I think that that's actually a really good way to put it. Um, I think I pl- like really really loved uh, Bastion and Transistor, and I think Transistor specifically had a very like every combat you go through is it's meaningful. It has layers. Why are there th- why is there this configuration of foes um you know Mm -hmm. what does that mean in context of the location that you were in even Mm -hmm. and so there's so much context there that it is it is not even something that pushes the narrative forward it is a part of the narrative so yeah yeah that's a really good way to to put it that that got me (laughs) cool yeah and i and i think that i think that one of the things speaking on transistor and sort of some like a through line that i see in a lot of in in the super giant games is that like the enemies that you fight aren't just like this like fodder they're not like sort of just like you're not like just like mowing through them and sort of carelessly um there's like real uh uh yeah like you said d like there's a real reason why that those specific enemies are where they are right i mean hades has like sort of like the split between the levels of of hell right and and the different enemies that you find there and transistor i remember one of my favorite moments was like uh uh, walking through transistor and then those um the paparazzi Mm -hmm. enemies Mm -hmm. are coming at and as they as they sort of attack and and they take these pictures you get these like glimpses of photos of uh, i'm forgetting her name the the protagonist red Red. Yeah. yeah um you sort of get these glimpses of her as they take the photos and yeah, it just sort of it's it's there's like a there's like just like a, a flavor and to be honest like a joy I find in, in a lot of the design in it and obviously like as the audio director you know your joy comes in when you bring in the audio into it right the the sounds and so much of what super giant games games are is like the sound and, and the sounds and the music. Um, like literally iconic songs in every single game and you know i mean i'm i'm like a i'm like a mega fan of super giant games um and i've told this to darren before and i've watched uh the documentary that you did with uh no clip yep. um that the company did with no clip and you know you guys were talking about um sort of like the ending of the games and how you know the endings of each of these games are always sort of a big focus for you guys and yeah and and i've noticed that in in every ending there is sort of this like like auditory theme that comes through like like the music you know mm-hmm. there's always like a sort of like a staple like ending song for each super giant game and i'm always i'm always playing the game like waiting to get to that point <laughs> you know waiting to unlock the song at the end because 
you know, not even just with like the actual music, but with the lyrics too, they have a sense. It just gives you that sense of completion, I yep. think, um, with the game, and it, and it makes you. It sort of like yeah, it like sort of encapsulates the the narrative, right? It like it supports the narrative so heavily, right? Yeah. Um, you know, I remember the first time I beat Bastion, and you have that choice at the end. I don't know. Can we should D should we spoil it? I feel like yes, you know, young blood. Of this, course, go play Bastion. Yo, if, go play Bastion, young blood. If you, oh if, my you don't god, know classics. Bro. Are you kidding me? Yeah, yeah. Com- coming up on the 10-year anniversary of Bastion, I feel like it's probably safe to spoil it at this point. Thank yeah. exactly. Yeah. Go ahead. Um, <laughs> you know, at the at the end of Bastion, where you have the choice to, you know, to sort of rebuild, um, what was it called? Uh, 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 Ceylandia, C- yeah, Ceylandia. Yeah, Ceylandia. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or you choose to just like sort of sail away. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the music that comes in with your choice, the music that comes in with that sort of, the gravity of the weight of it. I remember, <laughs> I remember getting to that moment and feeling so guilty beca- for choosing to sail away. Yeah. Because I knew that I had like throughout the game there there are these like um they're these sort of like statues that like yeah. dot the landscape and they don't have any they you don't like they don't like come alive or anything. They're just there sort of like a story pieces and yeah. you sort of get to know the characters of Ceylandia. Mm-hmm. And at first I didn't understand that and so I was like knocking down the yeah. statues. As I, like I was like literally like mowing through the citizens. Yeah. And at the end, you know, I, I was like, Oh, like I should like I, could, I, I have the option to like sort of revive the, I, I didn't know like revive them or bring them back or you know bring the city back yeah. and I was like and I was like I feel like the damage is done I, I'm just gonna sail away yeah. you know um, and 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 the music that comes with that I wonder I guess I have a question of like you know again with the um, with the documentary you talk about how like a lot the games are, c- are completely like a team effort right mm. it doesn't feel like it's just like one person's vision or one person's like idea. It's it seems very collaborative, um, which is one of the things that you know D and I have talked about in, in previous podcast episodes. That we, as artists, mm-hmm. you know, we feel like one of the things that isn't celebrated enough within a lot of these artistic industries is the collaboration element, right? Yeah. yeah. You sort of have like the figureheads, you know, like the one person that's sort of like the face of of everything you know right. and and a lot of the people in the background and a lot of pe- the supporting cast gets like left out mm-hmm. but i feel like in super giant games it, it feels very collaborative and like like very yeah very like rounded in that sense i yeah. wonder if you can talk more about that and how you know if, if there's like a specific moment of of collaboration where like maybe there was a problem that you guys were having and through the dis- through the discussion and like collaboration process you managed to get through it or something like that you know it's we're, we're such a small team i mean now finally we've grown a little bit um throughout mm-hmm. the production of hades we, you know for for um bastion we were seven people and then for the next mm-hmm. two games we were 12 people and then you know for during the course of hades we grew to about 20 people um and it's still a pretty small team and so part of, I think part of the way we like to approach stuff is that, you know, because there are so few people, we try to, everybody has kind of ownership over their thing because there's not a lot of redundancy. Right. So, you know, we, 
I there's nobody else making sounds and music for the games. It's just me and and Jen is the you know Jen now finally has a couple other artists working with her, but mm-hmm. um, but for the longest time it was just Jen um, mm-hmm. as our two D artist. Um, so shout out to Jen. Jen, yeah, art, yeah. The shout art in Super Giant Games is literally iconic. Yeah, so. and 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 now Jen has you know Joanne who does two D art also does backgrounds and 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 uh, um, gameplay objects and stuff and and does an incredible job and and Jen is serving as art director you know, but. Uh, I think part of the thing is that, you know, we, even people um, who have someone who is directing them are sort of, they have like ownership. Everybody has ownership over the things that that they're putting into the game. Mm -hmm. And I think that's part of what's so cool about it. And part of, part of what allows for really kind of direct uh, collaboration is that everybody's sort of in charge of their thing that they do and Mm -hmm. they specialize in. Um, And I think, having worked with the same people for so long you develop a sort of uh, creative chemistry and trust with the other people on the team and you just kind of I just know that whatever Jen makes is going to be rad and mm-hmm. I know that whatever Greg writes is going to be rad and I know that all the design stuff Amir comes up is going to be rad you know like I know I don't have to worry about any of that stuff and yeah and all I have to worry about is making sure that my stuff can match up to how cool the other stuff is going to be <laughs> totally <laughs> right know? right 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 so it, it really yeah. it's a motive it's a motivator to try to deliver your best um i think just kind of working with people you know people that you respect and care for so much and and really love the stuff that they do um so you know i i, I think part of it is just simply that honestly is that that we it's just great to work with these other people and and to see the work that they do and you know it, it motivates me to try and do my best work to make sure that their work is enhanced to the best of my ability and that that my work can sit alongside this other stuff that i think is rad and mm-hmm. uh and and help sort of elevate it as much as possible and kind mm-hmm. of also like being being able to kind of let go of other parts of the process is also probably really empowering because you know that once if you do your thing as effectively as you can then everybody else will you know yes and 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 that's not to say that input isn't welcome into whatever of course you know it absolutely is and we all play the game a bunch the games a bunch and and we all you know have feedback around all that stuff and sort of understanding you know, res- respecting and learning how to take that that feedback right. and mm-hmm. process it and incorporate it, or choose choose whether or not to incorporate it, and then and, do, and at least respond to it in some way. Um, all that stuff is is uh, really valuable and something that that you sort of get better at over time. I think too, especially working with the same people. Right. Yeah. Can I ask how important do you think it is to be like a part of the community of the people playing the game how, yeah. how important do you think it is for like you to be playing playing the game do you just think like for example like do you just um play it and think about the with the mind of oh i'm gonna think about it as an audio person mm-hmm. or i want to see everything else other than the audio in context how does that yeah, yeah. For for me, I I always try to play our games a bunch. I mean, I've played hundreds of 
runs of Hades and and um, and so I mean I've certainly like I dig dig in to each game I mean partially because I want to just make sure that I want to do my part to just assess all my work and and just make sure everything is in there properly and there's certain types of things like especially on Hades there's a lot of like funky narrative hookups that create like bugs nobody would notice except me and greg for example because right. i know we recorded 20 lines for this interaction but the same line keeps playing every third run or whatever so something's not right about how this you know stuff like that but but um i think you know I've, i play all the games a bunch and the importance in terms like now we have actual qa team members mm-hmm. uh so they're you know the the importance it's still important for everybody to play the game and we do try to encourage everybody to play it pretty regular intervals mm-hmm. uh and i certainly played a ton of hades myself partially just because it's i enjoy it and partially mm-hmm. because i'm looking for looking for ideas for how i can enhance the audio or what kind of uh, narrative moments i you know sometimes i'll i'll be playing you know we introduced fishing at one point i was like oh man yeah we gotta have like a fishing with dad thing like in the epilogue we gotta like we gotta we gotta have a moment you know or we gotta or skelly needs to say something like this i thought of like some dumb joke for skelly to say because the more you play like the more you understand all the possible contexts for for um types of interactions that you might that may feel like they're missing or or you think, oh man, wouldn't it be cool if Deuce had said something about this or whatever, you know? And um, and particularly for Hades because it's such a big game with like yeah. such a wide, uh, such a such a, a wide <laughs> range of experiences that you can have, and uh, yeah. and that the content is sort of doled out in a randomized way. Mm-hmm. It's just yeah, I felt it was really important to just play a bunch just to make sure everything was kind of firing as it as it was supposed to be mm-hmm. and to encounter the stuff in context and see how it felt because i knew you know i was in the, all the recording sessions and i'd recorded all the lines but to to see how they came across in context and of course from a sound design perspective to make sure that all the sounds are playing properly things aren't double playing things aren't becoming messy and too insane and you know mm-hmm. during during hectic fight sequences and 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 as far as the music goes making sure that that's all sort of playing as intended we have some sort of weird complex scripting stuff happening with the music and and you know every once in a while there'll be a bug that nobody else will notice but me because i i'm the only one who is thinking about wrong. it kind of the only yeah, one who knows yeah, it's, yeah, it's yeah. not yeah. playing just right you know okay yeah totally. yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. Because well, I wanted it to play this to section yeah, of this piece to play right after that moment in this, you know. And so, mm-hmm. so um, uh, some of it was that, and and it's one of those things where, due to the sort of randomized nature of the game, you'd play twenty five runs, and then you'd get one on the twenty fifth run. It would have some weird because of the sequence of rooms was just so, and the yeah, and that I did this, but I lost in the you know, like I got hit in the. Erebus chamber or whatever and then the mm-hmm. music didn't play transition properly whatever it is um so so that that kind of stuff uh for me you know I, I really played tons and tons of 80s just to make sure all that stuff in addition to enjoying it um just to make sure that stuff was going going smoothly and mm-hmm. 
you know, I've played all of our games a ton, uh, mm-hmm. but Hades was the one where I could actually enjoy it as a player a little bit more just because, mm-hmm. you know, you finish each of our previous games and the experience will be more or less the same each i mean yeah. pyre has different things that happen obviously but yeah on you know, you can make different choices but more or less it's going to be a very similar experience sort of from start to finish um yeah and it'll go through the same narrative events and stuff yeah but but for hades that's not the case so so it was you know it was it was a lot of fun to to just you know kind of approach it a little bit more like a player and totally. just play a bunch. Yes. Um, speaking of, speaking about the music, <clears throat> you know, I think like the music. Um, again, I think it brings so much, uh, so much of the like. Uh, in a previous episode, we had talked in a, in the previous uh, video games episode, we had talked about fantasy, mm-hmm. like things in fantasy. We were talking about like D and D, and we were talking about sort of what someone would ever want to do in D and D. You know, it has that sort of open-endedness yeah. that you could really create any scenario that you could think of in yeah. within the rules rule set of, of the of the system um, and so we think a lot about fantasy um, and I think it's really cool how the music sort of uh, brings those elements of fantasy to life you know they kind of like set set the stage for things you know like walking into the into the uh, into the fight uh, in, in Hades um, Theseus, right? Yeah. And the Minotaur, right? Like, and then and then the music kicks up, and it and you hear like the roar of the crowd. You know, it, you sort of enter that space with the sound design, mm-hmm. um, and it sort of sets the atmosphere. Um, I was I was wondering, like, are there any like sort of guiding principles um, that the team, sort of in the team, that directs the development of like the feel of those worlds? Sort of like the, I guess there's like there's like theme and mm-hmm. then there's also like I guess sometimes there's like this those specific moments right yeah. um, like I you know like because because the games are so well yeah they, they're kind of like so different right you've got you know that sort of sci-fi futuristic sense with transistor which is a completely different sound to something you'll find in Hades yeah for sure right um, and, and and is that just sort of like it just feels like What's the, what, what am I trying to say? It just feels very like nerdy and cool, you know. It just feels like so. so it just feels like someone in the team were like, "Oh, like how cool would it be if you know we were, like this, this world?" You know what I mean? Or yeah. like, yes. I, I wonder if that's like a roundtable thing. If it's like you know, like what what how 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 do those things sort of develop themselves? Or is that more of like an organic process? throughout the development of the thing yeah i mean i think it's a little bit of both for sure you know greg kasavin our creative director and writer does a lot of work to help generate that stuff at least the seeds and then a lot of other um supporting information about it and and jen will contribute to the tone and uh in very meaningful ways and i'll try to contribute what i can sonically and and we'll sort of see what each other are doing and allow that to sort of spur us on to, Oh, okay. That makes me think maybe I should move in this direction or, and so it, it'll be a little bit of a cyclical kind of a symbiotic uh, relationship. I think um, it's, so it's cool that you said symbiotic because mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. D and I talk a lot, of, like we sort of like, this is the more than podcast. So we, we sort of branch into a lot of different sort of genres of, 
discussion mm -hmm. and we talk i guess like for me i think a lot about when, when i hear you say that i think about um sort of like almost like a collective consciousness mm -hmm. it's almost like you guys are developing a collective consciousness within the collaborative process right hmm. so like you you'll you'll like see something that jen drew and it'll like bring out like a like sort of like a musical inspiration right mm -hmm. and yeah. then that'll sort of feed feed into like someone else's area of expertise like they hear that and they're you know maybe greg like starts writing something like sort of in the vein of something that you've you know you know produced right mm -hmm. um and that's that that seems so cool in like a in like a futuristic sci-fi sense because <laughs> that that it's almost like that that is the thing that we're trying to do with technology you know like in society it feels like which like with the internet and all the stuff like we're, we're always trying to do this thing where we where we connect to each other's ideas in that sort of symbiotic or yeah collaborative way and i think it's just one one of the beautiful things about like you know knowing how how super giant games works mm. in the sense that i feel like you guys have found that in an organic sense where where i don't know where i guess like maybe you're just like speaking the same language or you know maybe there's like a i guess do you feel like there needs to be maybe in in the history of the games and the development does there need to be like sort of like a singular sort of uh, uh, focus point like you sort of oh we're all going in this direction right so yeah. if there's like that one vision that everybody's sort of looking towards when the different elements come in we, you sort of know how to like course correct in that direction does that make sense yeah is, is that kind of how it how it works for sure I think in general we start with kind of some guiding high-level ideas for a project you know we want to pursue this kind of a tone and this kind of a setting this kind of gameplay and these kinds of characters and 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 we sort of you know have some of that information up front each game having a different amount of that information up front right uh you know i would say on pyre we sort of everybody went in their own directions a little bit more and a little bit longer than on the other projects on on hades we all were sort of laser focused on, well, let's try this thing where we all really try to set out to make something specific at the beginning, mm -hmm. which was a little bit different than how we'd done our, our previous projects. So mm -hmm. each project is a little bit different and in a lot of ways it's a response to the previous one. Mm -hmm. And, uh, but but I think in each case there is, we, do, we start with, we wanna pursue this kind of, so these kinds of themes, this kind of tonal, in direction um this kind of a setting and so on cool yeah do you, do you have anything because I, I could keep going but i want to i want to give you space <laughs> so i um for as a comment i just want to say that i i think that um with the exception but only a little bit of hades um i think thematically all of the games have pretty timeless philosophical context mm -hmm. um i think spe specifically in the cases of like no actually even even pyre but that's like more spiritual like sp mm -hmm. like pyre and hades have kind of a spiritual kind of tone and it's it definitely talks about like maybe more of the the inner world whereas um 
Transistor and Bastion actually have like choices that directly impact the environment, mm -hmm. like of the world and of what's going on, mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. even through the 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 structure that their na narrative, like Red and the Kid, you know, the, mm -hmm. those two characters, um, kind of it's very easy to kind of become that character because mm -hmm. of maybe the level of vagueness you know that you allowed for the space to explore that character A and it's also like the level of like you know you're you're red or the kid anybody could be called red or the kid you know sure. like mm -hmm. yeah. yeah you know so it's like there's this kind of blank slate type thing that allows the person to identify with the choices that they make rather than only the story mm -hmm. and i think that's mm -hmm. that's amazing and in the context of like that and the idea of super giant which is amazing and um also the um the the world when we think about like these holistic and large scale creative concepts mm -hmm. um i think that's so important to kind of have even in life a lot of people are looking for that like where they have something that they can embody mm -hmm. and i think that um embodiment is such an sometimes a very understated part of the uh video game world or process for a lot especially a lot of outsiders mm -hmm. that maybe find a lot of um peace in their identities in the real world or peace mm -hmm with their choices or having choices even be made for them mm -hmm. whereas you can take these different identities on or or this identity that feels more like you or more like you are in control and kind of do something with that how important do you feel like embodiment is in terms of the experience of of, of playing the games yeah yeah it's an interesting question i mean i think from my perspective, I kind of see that concept as immersion. Mm -hmm. The idea mm -hmm. of embodiment and immersion are sort of linked for me. You know, mm -hmm. um, you can. Be, it's possible to be immersed in a story and a character that doesn't that you that that represents you because you are controlling them, but is not necessarily a representation of you <laughs> or yeah. an expression of you. Right? Totally. It's possible for sure, for to. Sure, I, sure. I feel like it's possible to be immersed in Zagreus's story. Zagreus' story without, you know, mm -hmm. even though he's not a blank slate, he's a speaking protagonist, right? Mm -hmm, in mm -hmm. contrast yeah. to the other the other three games where mm -hmm. where the protagonists are, you know, kind of on purpose blank slates mm -hmm, mm -hmm. to allow you to insert yourself into it. And you know, we we uh, it's different. It's a different context for each game, you know. And and part of the idea to do that was from a, a practical uh, perspective, where we didn't have a means when we made our first three games we felt to to have a speaking protagonist in a satisfying way or a, or a protagonist where they you know they there was a you know they, they had an assertive personality that came you know uh just from a, the way that we approached the narrative for the game it it didn't wasn't a good match for us but when we decided on hades to go fully voiced uh we tried Zagreus as a non-speaking protagonist and it and it didn't uh it just didn't didn't did you know we wanted him to have stuff to say and to have yeah uh to have interactions that mm -hmm. um 
so so yeah it just depends on the context of the game and you're yeah. making lots of other kinds of choices in hades you know yeah yeah moment, yeah, exactly. moment to moment exactly. tons of moment yeah, to moment yeah, choices yeah, yeah, so yeah. maybe you don't need to make the narrative choices as much exactly yeah, um, yeah. totally i was gonna i was gonna talk about that because yeah. i've recently been obsessed with design space yeah um and it's really interesting to see how each game sort of tackles the the the, the concept of design space mm-hmm. right um because you know sort of what, what what Dee was saying with the embodiment the part of the embodiment and immersion comes with the choices in the actual gameplay right like yeah. so in bastion for example i really never used the handbow mm-hmm. i was more of like a crossbow yep. guy crossbow and machete that yeah. was like my my sort of build right yep. um and then in transistor you know i i sort of had like sort of my my comfort code Mm -hmm. so to speak right um and to me in each of these games there's this really beautiful sense of like i can kind of play the way i want or like the way that feels comfortable to me right like um empire like uh uh what are these guys called the 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 little like swimmy worm worm boys yep the worms you know yeah. yeah like you know they were they were like so mechan they felt more mechanically complex than all the others mm-hmm. and that just like it like fired me i was like oh like even yeah. though this is like way more difficult than just yeah. having like a jadariel on yeah. my team yeah. i want to try and make it work right um you know because that's sort of like that's like me bringing part of my own sort of sensibilities into the game yeah. and sort of put, like playing it the way that i want and you know it's really cool to see that in every in, in all the games. Um, even in Hades, yep. you have your weapons, and then you have your you have your boons, um, but you also have like the um, uh, Nix's, uh, you know, your keepsakes. Wa- yep, yeah, 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 the keepsakes and things like that. So there's like yep. there's always there are all these little levers that you can sort of change to make it to make it operate the way you want to. And I'm wondering because I've been obsessed with the design space. I wonder if there were there were moments where um, you know there was like a really cool idea, and it just like didn't like there was like it just didn't quite mesh, you know, and and um, I guess and maybe that's just like yeah maybe that's just like part of the what would you call it um, the editing process and like so like like we were talking about like the vision right mm. like it, is it. Is it a thing of like maybe it's like the f- oh yeah I think I think I remember something in the documentary about like a weapon in Hades that didn't quite make it mm-hmm. or something like that. Could you speak more on that and how you guys sort of navigate the design space of the games and that sort of sure yeah, yeah. I mean I, I'm not directly involved with most of the design stuff. That's uh, mm-hmm. Amir Rao. Mm-hmm. Gavin Simon, Greg Kazavin, and and Ed uh, Gornstein all kind of and Alice Alice Lai, all on Hades did, did a lot most of that work. Um, uh, it's one of those things I think where you know there the main question for all that stuff is is this fun? Does it work in the context of this game that we are making? Mm-hmm. Um, and that's sort of the the baseline. And if it doesn't, if if after sort of working on something, it just doesn't seem promising in that way, uh, then I think at that point, usually it's sort of we abandon it and go a different way. Um, mm-hmm. You know, the I know for example on Bastion, there was a weapon. We wanted to have a whip in Bastion, 
uh, <laughs> for a while because it seemed to fit with the like frontiersy western indiana jones whatever you know just mm-hmm. like, kind of like a yep definitely but, definitely but, but then just from like we couldn't get it to work i remember from a gameplay standpoint it was just it's just never it never was quite right yeah and uh and so we didn't end up we so we cut it you know but but um yeah the process of figuring out what's gonna stay what's gonna go in the game and what stays and what goes i mean for hades i know a lot of that was um assisted by the early access process you know and totally and a lot of it was trying to fill gaps in the experience like Mm. well you know when i know like when when the fists um came about during early access I think part of it was well we don't, we had, we don't really have like a fast like a beat 'em up kind of f- a brawler feeling weapon. We don't really have that exact kind of thing. So I think part of the idea around the fist was to to have a weapon that felt like that like a rapid fire close range weapon, you know. Mm-hmm. And it was to satis- it was to fill in a sort of gap. And and even, you know, Demeter's powers for example, Demeter is a character that may not obviously have cold ice powers you know mm-hmm. she's the goddess of the harvest but but yeah. our sort of greg's fictional take on it and was a really great match with a gameplay need to slow the game down a little bit because it was yeah the game was had gotten so fast over the course of early access up until that point that oh well you know what slows things down cold powers will slow things yeah. down so it, it was kind of just like filling a sort of story need and a gameplay need and all this other stuff and 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 so it seemed to it made, it made a lot of sense to incorporate that stuff um and i think that's a lot of how a lot of the decisions are made it's a combination of like problem solving for well like what's missing what's what do we you know what can help fill this sort of gameplay void you know part of it is practical what can we execute you know and, and part of it's creative what what would be satisfying from a story perspective what what's gonna um provide some interesting narrative context so i think it's a sort of a combination of all that stuff in general i would say the design is leads that um Mm -hmm. but when it is able to sort of satisfy all those things then then uh it you know it's extra promising i guess (laughs) sweet yeah yeah totally um I want, I want to head into the hypothetical uncancelable vortex. Okay, okay. Because I'm okay. Because I, I really want to. Darren, I want to get your hot takes. Okay. <laughs> oh my god. Um, what game or games do you deserve? Do you think maybe like, maybe when they came out, um, didn't really like like a niche maybe like hit like a niche moment or mm. do you think deserve more praise mm-hmm. uh what games even though they're popular they could be like big franchise whatever you do you feel like you just never quite like you know went into you never quite never quite hit that mark mm-hmm. of ooh, that that's where it is um you know for the listeners out there this is completely and utterly opinionated we're mm. not saying that the, you're not saying we're not saying that you're not allowed to like this 
or you have to do anything with your time. It's all hypothetical. It's all, all hypothetical. hypothetical. Yeah. We're in the vortex right now, y'all. We're in y'all. the vortex right now. Um, so I'm just kind of, I just kind of wa- I'm just kind of wondering you personally, maybe some of the things that you've played, some of the things that you've enjoyed, or some yeah. of the things that you were like, oh, I can't wait to do get into this, and then you went in and you were like, ugh, this wasn't exactly what, what I was looking <laughs> for. Yeah, Cyberpunk. <laughs> I didn't. I haven't played that one yet. <laughs> I, I, I'd like to actually. Um, the Gosh, you know, a game, I mean, I think this game did pretty well, but I love the heck out of it so much that I feel like however well it did, I want it, I want it to do even better uh, Into the Breach. I just, oh, yeah. I think that game yeah, yeah. is so amazing and just did so... Did you play it faster than light? I did. I played a little FTL. Oh, and that, I guess that's a, an example of a game that I couldn't get into that everybody liked. Totally. Um, I think Me too. It, I think it was, it was the real-time... Uh, I'm not. A, I, I like my weakness as a gamer is RTS, mm. um, and the sort of. It's not an RTS game. I wouldn't describe it as that, but there are aspects of that that overlap with RTS games. I feel like in the gameplay of of FTL, and it was just like too stressful for me. Like actions per minute kind of th- like I just I don't like yeah. that. That's not my thing. I'm bad at it, and it's not. Yeah, my, yeah. I'm just I'm just lousy at at RTS games. Um, <laughs> it's my weakness as a gamer. I would say so. So, so yeah, I mean, I think that's a good example of a game that pretty much everybody uh, everybody I know really loves. And I, I think it's cool. I think it's cool aesthetically. I think the loop is cool. I think the design is awesome. I just, like, I'm just, be, my my being bad at it prohibits me from enjoying it as much as I know that I probably should. <laughs> right, right, right. Um, on the other hand, I love turn-based strategy games and tactical turn-based tactical games i really really enjoy those kinds of games yeah did you did you play um final fantasy tactics like i've you know only recently did i play it's it's funny like at the time i i had played vandal hearts like maybe Mm. the year before Mm. it came out or something yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. and then final fantasy tactics came out and i was like yeah, I, mean, I this is just like Vandal Hearts. I already I played that last off. year. <laughs> um, I mean, I'm sure they were in development at the same time or whatever. But um, and also, you know, there can be two turn-based tactical games. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but mm-hmm. but I play. I started playing it recently. Like I download. I figured, okay, I should probably play this game because it's it's everyone loves it. And yeah, and it's really cool. I'm like, I got about a quarter of the way through or something. It's still like I'm mm-hmm. still still trying to make my way through it. Um, mm-hmm. In between playing all these other games, I'm way behind on. Uh, but yeah, no, that game's cool, and and I love yeah, I love Vandal Hearts and and uh, several of the Fire Emblem games. I love like Awakenings, probably my favorite one. That game mm-hmm. is Chef's Kiss. <laughs> um, I agree. <laughs> yeah, that totally. game is amazing. So you know, I, I yeah, but but Into the Breach, like I feel like it it was like a whole, it was kind of a new um, take on that in a lot of ways. It was like the, the sort of roguelike elements combined with the turn-based tactical gameplay, but the the fact that you can see the exact result, there, there's no randomness, really. You see, you know exactly what's going to happen. Yes. Like, you, it really makes you feel like a genius in a really yeah. fun way. It's like a combination of a puzzle game and a tactical game, almost. Like, yeah. every turn is just a puzzle. You know, yeah. more like when you break it down. And so it's it's really cool it almost feels like like chess in a lot of ways um Mm -hmm. more so than some of those other games like XCOM, which i love XCOM enemy unknown Mm -hmm. but you know like unless i got 95 percent chance or higher i'm not taking the shot like there's no you know you want certainty about what's going to happen and 
and so um or at least it, the, the idea that there is certainty and like knowing what the enemy is going to do and stuff it just changes the whole vibe of that make that uh, interaction so mm-hmm. so yeah into the breach for me i mean i played the whole thing through on steam and then when it came out on switch i hundred percented it and got all the achievements on switch again you know it's it's one of those games that that yeah i just i just love that game to pieces and 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 however well it did i wanted to do better because i love it so much totally okay best music that you didn't write in (laughs) video games Hmm. in or in a video game that you've played or maybe you haven't played but you just like love the heck out of like Maybe like a score or some sort of like. Yeah, thing. I mean, I I could list a few things that I, I'm really impressed by. You know, I I ended up, I'm not a big shooter guy, but uh, I was checking out scores, um, for games and 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 heard Call of Duty World War Two had a really impressive score, and I was really yeah, Will Roger's score for that game is uh, is really cool, um, mm. because it's it's sort of like I think about the Call of Duty games kind of like Michael Bay movies or something like they're just yep. big, big loud you know bombastic yeah. experiences mm-hmm. take cover yeah and, yeah and that game there's it was such a smart move um, on the part I believe Sledgehammer uh, were behind that game and, and um, or behind the audio for that game and, and uh, the audio director for that game said went to Will and said hey we don't want to have any percussion in this score and we want it to be just you know orchestral wow. instruments and so and you think about a call of duty score with no percussion you're like what yeah. he's like well it's... we and and the reason was we want to have the music loud and we want to have it feel like a movie score like where the music is really in your like present um right and when you have kick drums that sound like explosion they fight with explosions and snare drums fight with machine guns and stuff so it's like uh, it's just like a really smart kind of it was like a mix oriented way of thinking about the score kind of yeah. way in mm-hmm. advance like a really holistic mm-hmm. approach to that Definitely. and so will wrote this like period appropriate cinematic emotional like stripped down orchestral score for call of duty world war ii yeah. and it was it was awesome i mean i was so impressed by that um so yeah i that's one that i was really impressed by even though it's sort of like not my thing i i thought it was rad I love uh, Austin Wintry's score for Abzu a bunch. Oh yes, of I, course. Austin Austin's awesome, and and I love his work. And I'm you know he's a friend of mine. And um, but but for that game in particular, like I'm a sucker for the harp, and that, there's just so much harp. There's just, just harp <laughs> city in that game. I love it. Yeah, um, yeah. Th- that's awesome. Uh, I really love the score for Plants vs Zombies, the original one. Oh, actually, okay, okay, okay. It's like very simple, and Laura Shigahara wrote some of it, and I think, um, oh man, I'm, I wish, I love the guy George Fan, I believe, um, is the is the, the the main dude behind that game, and I think he wrote some of the music as well, um, but I just love it's just it's like so simple, so effective, implemented in such an effective way. Mm. It's just like has just the right tone where it's kind of like spooky and funny you know like both in sort of mm. equal measure and it's just like it's just really well done i yeah i really yeah when when that first game that game first came out i mean i played it for years i love that game so much it's mm-hmm. so so such a perfect little game not you know yeah. little quote unquote i mean it's a perfect perfect game. <laughs> yeah it's like 
they they the the franchise really blew, blew up. Yeah. Um. Okay. And uh, is there anything within the or any like sort of territory or concepts within sort of like the video game culture that you feel might be underrepresented or like maybe you feel like it would be really cool to see developers, game makers, you know, writers, whatever, sort of venture into certain territories more or is there anything like that, you know? You know, yeah, I mean, it's it's an interesting kind of large question. I I have some some things that I would love to see in games more just just because of my preoccupations with them um i'm really interested (laughs) in uh in like bureaucracy in fantastical settings so like like whenever i play pen and paper games with my friends a lot of the times especially if we do star wars uh, pen and paper stuff okay i just love making like bureaucrat people and just kind of like out bureaucracying other people and stuff it's just like it's like you ever see the movie you ever see the movie brazil i think we've talked about this but oh yes we talked about brazil basically there's like a there's it's just like this dystopian future that's just like uber bureaucratic and there's these these guys who come to you know search this guy's house for some reason or or something and and he like names some form some like but would you have this form to do this and then and then they and then they like freak out because they don't have the form and you know 27 b stroke six or whatever it is um Mm -hmm. and uh i just love i just want more like you know papers please not a lot of bureaucracy simulators out there and i love (laughs) the experience of that so you know i i just think bureaucracy is an underexplored uh game avenue totally is in and these sort of pen and paper star wars games is this sort of D rules flavored into the star wars context or are these more are these is this like pathfinder like what it no there's there's star wars systems i mean there's like the d20 system that came out a long time ago like like around third edition um okay uh D and and that was around for a long time and you know i've buddies we've been playing pen and paper games for you know almost 30 years or something and and um respect yeah and <laughs> that's uh, the, a badge of honor young blood <laughs> y'all don't even know that same like, group 30 years playing pen and paper y'all, yeah. y- y'all even know pen and paper games man <laughs> oh my god <laughs> D y'all ever heard of that same group same group of people and and we play like really custom systems and stuff like awesome um there's a custom star wars system that that we're playing a campaign in right now and yeah it's cool it's like a combination of the d6 star wars system and then mm-hmm. some other stuff um which is like the old old star wars um system which yeah i mean it's it's uh but yeah it's it's a lot of fun just the the yeah. idea that that you can kind of out bureaucracy someone is so funny to me <laughs> totally <laughs> what do you feel There's like is overrepresented hold on okay. i want to i want to know that overrepresented <laughs> in in the video game yeah. genre like what do you think is like Shh. we don't need any more of it like if there was no yeah. more of it tomorrow you'd be like or okay, maybe cool. even a break we, we've had like, a, yeah. a break yeah <laughs> like yeah hey, like, i mean let, let, maybe let's not make a game like this for the next four years and yeah for me you know i'm not super into like games where you I mean, sometimes I am, but in general, just like shooting people with guns games. I just feel like we got plenty of those. There's enough. Yeah. Fair. You know, yeah. I'm, you know, I know people like that and that's fine with me, but 
you know, I just, it's not my thing as much. So, um, uh, that being said, I will of course play them sometimes when there's something about them that draws me in. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, but in general, I'm not like, a you know, another mil you know, I, 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 I don't, I'm not a guy who is, when I see another military shooters coming out, I'm like, Ooh, you know, yeah. Ooh, you know, I'm, 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 uh, I'm a little bit, uh, <laughs> I just tend to tend to be like, okay, yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. Um, And, and, you know, speaking of design space, because I'm obsessed with it, I think it's I think that's maybe why I I concur with that statement, because I there's only so much you can do in a, you know, like there's only so much ground. I mean, like I well, truth be told, they they try every year. Call of Duty tries every year to bring something new mm-hmm. you know uh, titanfall i feel like titanfall and Titan mm-hmm. one and two really tried to like bring something new into that genre of games mm-hmm. but you know there's there's only so much sort of malleable ground that i in, in my in my opinion mm-hmm. that you can sort of have with that um <laughs> because like you know like i, I think I, on, on the first you know uh uh more than video games episode i was talking about crisis yeah. right mm-hmm. And how that, the sort of, um, the uh, the selling point of that was, like, the suit, where, like, it wasn't just guns. Like, you yeah. you were, like, you were like kind of, like, a superhero yeah. almost, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's, and, and so that was, like, kind of the selling point for that. And, you know, Titanfall 2 has, just has that. I mean, I play, I, I, I'm in the same boat. I don't really like these, those types of games. But I played a lot of Titanfall. Yeah. Because, just because of the movement. It was yeah. so slick. It, yeah. It, it was actually, like. Just that was like really fun because yeah. I also, but I also enjoy like um, Mirror's Edge, right? Like, sure. I, I played too much of Mirror's Edge. Um, there was an Assassin's uh, Creed game that had nothing that was good except the movement. I feel like it was Unity. Hmm. I feel like th- th- it was, I think it was the movement in that game was like so good once you got it that it mm-hmm. was just like everything else kind of was like second. To, mm-hmm. to it and this traversal was super fun yes yeah. super yeah. fun Say, yeah. I think also Shadow of Mordor that was another one that had like really really good like pretty fun movement you know yeah that movement was great I lo- I loved uh, Shadow of Mordor actually I love that game yeah me too yeah, yeah. that game it's so, that game is so, so interesting to me because it's like a game that wears its influences on its sleeve in a lot of ways but yeah. mm-hmm. but then kind of does them better then it like takes all these influences and then like w- like just kind of executes them all a little bit better mm-hmm, than mm-hmm, where they're totally you know they sort of batman combat but executed like more fun and faster mm-hmm, and mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and the the nemesis thing was super cool i, I love that so, love the heck out of that game so love good it. yeah great yeah. game yeah. okay yeah. can i can i hop into the vortex for for a second and then ask Please. you a question <laughs> okay so you know how you said like you mentioned like we we don't need another one for like four years you know like i'm i'm gonna actually say that we should actually take a rest on world war ii storylines in Mm -hmm. shooting games Mm -hmm. for a four to ten years and just let (laughs) let tech let tech do its thing let people do vr archives and let let people explore that let people find out new stories about family members Mm -hmm. let people find out all of these things and yeah. and then then after that four to ten years then you can start again and yep. make a really good title the better soundtrack and you know mm. all of the immersion and all yep. of that but just 
for like just give us a break for just a little while <laughs> just 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 like four to four to ten years because there's so much that is unexplored about those games yep. that are already out yep. that like and i know people are just glossing over it and it's like you know i'm gonna shoot nazis or yeah, nazi yeah. zombies yeah or, yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah you yeah, know yeah. it's like with the idea has been explored in so many different ways that have yeah. been underappreciated that i'm yep. like just let that happen give us like a break from the new big one where you can see the rust on the gun and then (laughs) (laughs) like then in 10 years then in 10 years when it's the you know the the, it's right you just you can re-release it with like like reverence edition call of duty ww2 x 10 or whatever and it will be yeah Yep. Yeah, I concur. Okay. <laughs> also, um, h- how do you feel about like difficulty mm-hmm. in games? Because I was gonna ask about Dark Souls, yep. right? And and <laughs> sure. I feel like it's it's really interesting because I I could never quite get into. Dar- I mean, I actually really enjoyed. I played it for like like maybe like uh, six hours. Yep. Um, but at a certain point, I was like, okay. In order for me to complete this story, because yep. I, I was really interested in the story, yep. but in order for me to see the end, the the time I will have to take to master so this system yeah. is is it's not it's sort of not equivalent to like I could like yeah. I, I, I like I just like quit the game I YouTubed the, yeah. I YouTubed someone else playing it and I enjoyed the story you know yeah. what I mean yeah yeah um, if you if that's and, what you're and, interested in in a Dark Souls game that's probably the way to do it yeah mm-hmm. yeah and and I feel like one of the things that I like about Hades specifically mm. is that sort of that sort of balance of difficulty yeah and i mean yeah we, we've talked about hades a lot we don't necessarily need to talk more about hades mm-hmm. but i'm sort of interested in what you have to say about like difficulty in games in general was yeah. there a game that was like super difficult but you managed but you just like found found just found it enjoyable and how do you feel about when it when it comes to difficulty yeah i mean there's some games where i'm stimulated by a high difficulty like rock band or something mm-hmm. right uh, i play stuff on expert and it's fun for me and i enjoy finding out you know getting better at it and playing challenging songs and whatever um but yeah like like a dark souls or something is not really like i think if i if dark souls came out when i was younger and had fewer responsibilities and and more time i probably would dig it you know but but i think the the difficulty is is a little steep for me as as a as an adult man with a family and stuff in a job Mm -hmm. you know (laughs) Yeah. So, yeah. so, and I know that does not stop other adult men with families and jobs from enjoying Dark Souls. <laughs> Don't get me of wrong. Um, I'm just saying, you know, for, I just, uh, a game like doesn't let you pause it and stuff. It's just like, oh, yeah, brutal. Yeah. Um, that's it's a brutally difficult game where you can't pause it. Um, uh, yes, it was, it was pretty rough for me. I, you know, I enjoyed, I've played a little bit of the Demon Souls remake. I played, I played a good, like, maybe 10 hours of Sekiro or something. That's probably the most I've played of any mm, of those games. Nice. I mm. didn't get far, but... Uh, yeah. And then, you know, because I was into the vibe of that game a lot. It was like, seeing, I, I was like, okay, this game is good. I can tell this game is very good. It's just too hard for me to... Like, I don't want to keep doing this. You know, like, I, mm. I can only fail on the boss so many times before I'm like, well, I don't want to... I don't want to put in the time here. This is not worth it to me. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I... I think, you know, it's interesting because those games do not have a difficulty 
they don't have difficulty options in those games, yes, right? Like, yes. Difficult, like choosing difficulty at the beginning of a game before you've played it is a really weird thing that most <laughs> games ask you, I think. It's like, yeah, yeah. how yeah. do you know? It's just, I mean, they kind of say, <laughs> well, if you're experienced at this kind of game, it's like, well, yeah, I guess. But yeah, I just, I, I just feel like that's not a question I want to answer right away. And, and par- part of, part of our approach, the difficulty stuff is, you know, we try and allow you to customize the difficulty to, in a way that's satisfying for you mm-hmm. um, during the game. And once, mm-hmm. you know, we do have a hell mode or whatever that, that you can, you know, a hard mode that you can play on if you want to after you've sort of played a while. Um, but it just, I just feel like asking someone to make that choice at the beginning uh, of, uh, of starting up a game is, is it's a tough choice to make, right? It's like mm-hmm. a, it's kind of a blind choice that you don't know much about. Do you mm-hmm. feel do you feel like it's sometimes inorganic too? Like it's like yeah. you know that's not kind of how life is. You don't choose your difficulty at the beginning of of your life. You know that and and it just it you choose difficulty maybe later on when you mm-hmm. you know I'm gonna have more responsibilities. I'm yeah. gonna play Dark Souls after work. Yeah, or, you know that kind <laughs> yeah, of yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like you choose that, but you're never yeah. like at the beginning. You're like. Hey, I'm gonna start off as a as a medium life. Medium, yeah, yeah, I mean, totally. Yeah, it's 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 one of those things where yeah, it's you know what I will do on games that like on games where like if I if I'm playing some sort of any sort of like game that's supposed to be scary at all or like some sort of horror, survival horror, I just put mm-hmm. on easy because it's like well. I just don't enjoy the feeling of like always being out of stuff and <laughs> I love yeah. order in games, you know? So I yeah, was like, same. I just don't, I just don't like, and that's what, that's the thing that they turn down on those games to make it really yeah. hard. Like the enemies do more damage and you don't have enough ammo. Yeah. So um, or less bandages. Or yeah. Something. Like fewer, whatever, not enough resources. So I, I always, <laughs> um, I always turn those kinds of games easier. And, and a lot of times if I'm interested in the story and it's like a type of game, like a sh- some sort of shooter or something where it's not really my, I don't get a lot of satisfaction from being like playing something like dying a lot and trying again mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, from those kinds of games. So I'll, I'll often put those on a lower difficulty just blindly just because, well, I mean, if it's too easy, that's more fun for me than if it's if I'm bashing my head against it kind of. So yeah. may as well, yeah. I may as well just err on the side of that. Mm-hmm. Completely, because I, I know um, confession, the the pain that I felt playing through Kingdom Hearts 1 mm. was completely <laughs> and utterly my hubris. Yeah. It was my arrogance yeah. in, in picking hard, well, expert difficulty because uh. it, it was like, because I was like, oh, I, I've played, I know what this is. Yeah. You know, like I could, I could do this. Mickey Mouse no. is not going to give you a problem is Donald, what you're saying. You're like, Donald. Nothing. Yeah. Donald <laughs> is not helpful at all. Yeah. Goofy is my guy. Yeah. Goofy's my ride or die. Yeah. Listen, but Donald, Donald's I could... not healthy, hel- not even helpful at easy. Yeah, Kingdom like, Hearts 2 gave us gave us the liberty of getting rid of him. I'm like, Simba, come come join my team. Come help me out on this mission. Yeah. Donald, y'all, you can sit on the bench. Yeah. I, I don't need you right now because nah. yeah, I, I after that after that mode, I'm I'm hitting normal in every Kingdom Hearts game, finishing the story. Yeah. And then 
you know, I Kingdom Hearts is like one of my favorite franchises, even though you know it's that's controversial. Maybe <laughs> maybe I, I got to step into the vortex for that Wait, one too. Why why is it controversial? Why why is Bro, it controversial? People, just because of the story, I think a lot of people don't like the story of Kingdom Hearts, and I and I understand. You know, it's it's really interesting to. I think that's something. Maybe that's what that's my thing. Mm-hmm. If if there's any takeaway from this, that's my thing that I would say that. We could rest. We could take a break from this in the gaming and sort of nerd culture as a whole. How many of years? Like letting uh, saying that could difficulty. It, it could probably choice. it could probably be yeah. It could probably be like I, I'll, I'll give it like a generous ten years just to see how how we do. Cool, cool. But we gotta we gotta stop the thing of like not letting people like something based on one aspect of it like mm. i like i under i understand i like kingdom hearts mm-hmm. and i know that the story is weird mm-hmm. i know <laughs> that the story is nonsensical mm-hmm. you telling me that the story is nonsensical doesn't make me like it any less mm-hmm. it you know what i mean like we like we can stop that sort of like judgment judgment sort of basis you know for like video games and like honestly like nerd stuff in general you know because i because i i remember playing kingdom i played kingdom hearts 2 first yeah and then i played kingdom hearts 1 right so yeah was it um, what would you say it was more or less confusing because you did it in that order i i think it was i think it was more confusing yeah uh because and because the games were on all different platforms you know oh, yeah. so yeah um you know i'm kind of eyeing my out of myself here but this is like you know that's 15 years ago so you can't get me yeah. but <laughs> i played chain the memories on an emulator uh-huh. right i had like a game boy emulator and a ds emulator mm-hmm. yeah. and you know I, I'm, I'm growing up in south africa we don't have a lot of money yeah i'm I, and i play and i just get my hands on kingdom hearts 2 played it on a friend's ps ps2 yeah and I was like, I need to play more of this, and that's how I did it. Yeah. So I, I I went all over the place with the story. Okay. Yeah. Right, right. It did it didn't even it didn't make sense to me at the best of times, but that wasn't why I was coming in. Yeah. Um and I think it's because I played Kingdom Hearts 2 that I went into Kingdom Hearts 1 going, I know what I'm doing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah it's yeah. not the same. It's, it's totally not the not same. The same. It's, it's brutal. I did Mass Effect yeah. 2, then Mass Effect 1. Yeah. And that was that was equally kinda like it was like you have it's like playing the, the Mass Effect on hard mode. It's like yeah. everything's taken away from you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like you only have this pistol that yeah. that can hold you down and like Yeah. Is there like a charm to that though? Like like Darren, do you go back, do you like think fondly on like 10, 15, 20 year old games and you go like, there's something about this sort of aspect of video games that are that are not around anymore, you know, like, I mean, we, we you know, I've been a nerd forever, but as a, as a sort of like a gaming culture, I've mm-hmm. seen video games evolve. Yeah. And there's something, I, I think there's most of the ground that we're making and that we're changing is like good, mm-hmm. you know, I love representation, I love you know, I love like ease of access, like we we're talking about with difficulty. Mm-hmm. You know, s- s- save even just like being able to save a game yeah. is like oh, was boy. like a was like a monumental step yeah. in gaming. You know, I yeah. uh, what what is this game called? Um, the one with the knight, the knight, and you're like throwing spears. Yeah, uh, uh, ghosts and goblins. Yeah, that was like one of the first video games I ever played, and I could. It was. A hard it, was game. it was yeah. It was just like oh. Ye- there's no yeah. question of what saving like what is that yeah um so is there something that you look back on and you go like man there's something about this old style of video games that's kind of nostalgic or maybe like 
that you just like still enjoy now? Yeah, I mean, I it may come as no surprise that I'm a fan of 2D isometric games. Um, <laughs> so, you know, that is not a widely um, made type of game anymore. And, and mm-hmm. you know, I think there's something about the look of that kind of a game that I, re- that I often enjoy. Mm-hmm. Um, particularly, I really... I just, in general, I like 2D games a lot. Um, you know, I mean, obviously not all 2D, 2D games, but but I love, I like the aesthetic that can come, that can accompany a 2D game and is mm. special and unique. And and there are some games that are now sort of emulating some of the best stuff about that stuff. Like I'm all, I'm really impressed by the that Dragon Ball Fighter Z game that came out oh, yeah. a couple years back. It looks incredible. I'm not much yeah, of a fighting game good. dude, but. It looks so good. Like it looks, it looks so it's the good. most 2D looking 3D game, you know. Totally. It's, it's super cool. Um, and they really like, that studio really went all in on figuring out how to, they have weird um, 3D models where like, mm-hmm. they have like extra bones so they can distort their hand when they do the punch. You know what I mean? Like they can do like weird 2D animation tricks in 3D and stuff. Um, and they do like smears built into the, built into the model and it's crazy like they're, they're doing oh, crazy awesome. stuff um but uh but yeah i mean i i think there's just some aesthetic stuff aesthetic lessons uh from 2d animation and 2d games that that are now finally like being relearned in the 3d space in a lot of ways so i'm mm-hmm. i'm glad to see that happening i think you know i was i <laughs> i you know i was all about the super nintendo and when mm. the N64 came out, I was kind of a hater at the time because I was like, yeah. what is this puffy, like, blocky nonsense? Like, give me my Mario World. This That looked amazing, and this looks all whack. Like, what's happening here? Mm-hmm. Um, and also, like, I only have two hands. Why does this controller have three things on it? Um, yeah. But, <laughs> but that's... A, the, yeah, yeah. I, I, I agree. But, 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 you know, that was just, like, that was a me thing. Obviously, there were some great games uh, for that console, but... Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. Shout out to Croc. It, it took it took <laughs> it took me some time to adjust um, to in general to 3D games and and specifically 3D platformers. I've like never really gotten on board with still mm-hmm. um, as like a thing. It's just like not really my. I just kind of have too many camera struggles to want to mm-hmm. do that. Mm-hmm. Um, but but yeah, I mean, I think like um, maybe yeah. I just I would like. So, yeah, something I I guess if this is an acceptable answer that I'm nostalgic for is 2D games, uh, generally speaking. Yeah, of course. Okay, so we've been going on for about like an hour and ten minutes now. So, mm-hmm. um, we might we we can we can head out into the closing of this episode. Um, D, do you wanna any last things you wanna say? Uh, or this was a good uh, just a good conversation. I think. Yeah. Uh, a lot of dynamic conversation. I I want to say that I I really um I'm grateful for you for being here. Oh sure, yeah, my pleasure. It's been really great to just sh- shoot with you, talk with you about like whatever. Um and yeah, I think like it's it's very kind of rare right now um to have people who are intentional about creating meaning you know mm-hmm. versus like people who are just creating content mm-hmm. because a lot of the time with content 
it ends up being disconnected it ends up having very little context as time progresses Mm -hmm. but when meaning is kind of created um i feel like it's transcendent at some level you know like it 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 is um it's applicable as well that's another thing that i and i think um you and the people you work with really do that and it's 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 great to to have so i i yeah yeah, that's just the that's what i want to say thank you very much i appreciate that for sure to, to echo that i'll i'll agree and i'll say like really every single super giant game feels like art you know like i think that that's one of the things that really draws me to the games is that like from the from music to the the visuals to you know the design of the game and as d said even like the thematics of the stories it really feels like there was so much intention behind it and it it doesn't feel like we made a game to make a game it feels like there were there's more to it there's like a larger sort of yeah scope of things with it with all the games and i agree that like it 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 can't be understated that that the the work that you guys do in the industry and like yeah in, in the gaming sphere because that is rare to find and obviously like to me i think it's so evident when you look at how everyone works in the team and the collabor the collaborative elements of you know the creation process and you know yeah i mean you know I, I don't know. I, ha- I have I have nothing but praises to say about about you guys. But yes, thank you so much for joining us for this podcast. Um, and I hope you had a good time. Yeah, yeah. Thanks for having me. It was fun. For mm-hmm. sure. Okay. So from Lolu, from uh, D. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, listeners, I hope you enjoyed this episode of the podcast. Um, and we're so excited to see. <laughs> What's next for Supergiant Games? Thanks for listening. Bye-bye. Bye.